the way up and you know what it is. It's another day with your boys on the... Why are you laughing? It's clack. We started laughing. <laughs> Folks get upgraded and start making fun of people. <laughs> it's clack. It wasn't me. It was clack. <laughs> Oh, Steve Jobs worked hard to give us these little things. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Carry on, sir. I'm sorry. It was Clack's fault. It was Clack's fault. Clack has already started with the disrespect, but the people know what day it is. It is your faction day, and the boys are back. You saw the last episode, but we're here again. I'm not by myself. I have the founder and the valedictorian with me, the father, Jackson and Jordan, Mr. GB. How you feeling? Good brother, man. I am good. Uh, I'm excited to be back with you guys. It's always good when we're all together. And uh, people are still talking about the last time we were together, which was crazy. Um, but it's, it's good yes. to be together in the land of the living. Um, and yeah, I'm ready for another great discussion. The last episode called Vincent Kennedy McMahon a racist. If you remember, go back and watch that. We do have it on video. Still appalled by it, but yet and still he's here with us. The mouth of Memphis, the mouth of the South, Mr. Brandon J. Clack. What's going on, good people? I am excited uh, for another chance, another opportunity to just completely beat you two down in, as, as the wrestling almanac is what many have been calling me lately. They've been calling me the wrestling encyclopedia, the wrestling dictionary, the wrestling mind of all wrestling minds. And uh, today's topic, I am confident that I have got as much information as GB and at least 40% more information than Courtney Beard. <laughs> well, that's what you think. I got a thing or two to tell you. Yeah. All right, Mr. Brandon J. Clack, the J stands for I'm really a liar. GB, <laughs> kick off the show. <laughs> so as always, if you've missed our previous episodes, uh, there are a few ways to check them out. You can always subscribe to our podcast, uh, which is available wherever you get your podcast to search for The Faction. And if you want to watch our video podcast, you can check it out right here on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Faction Show, where the last time the three of us came together, we talked about the complicated legacy of Vince McMahon, and indeed it's complicated. And there have been some clips that have been floating around from that show where uh, people have really had a lot to say about it, which is a lot of fun. I think we can probably pull some additional shows from just some of the comments that came from that. But today's show, uh, inspired by our good brother and friend, Brandon Clack, today we're going to talk about uh, the rise and fall of WCW. Now, um, the makeup of the three of us is very interesting because Clack grew up a heavy WWE. Courtney grew up heavy NWA, WCW. Uh, I, sorry, grew up I grew up heavy WWF. Oh, it transitioned well. while I was already a loyal fan. I just want to throw that in there. This is this is true. You know, he's already trying to live up to this new uh, uh, description of wrestling encyclopedia and almanac. I love it. Um, and I was somewhere in between. You know, I grew up in WWF country, uh, still very much a fan of, of what was happening in the NWA and really all of the territories of pro wrestling. So we're going to dig into this, the rise and fall of WCW. Uh, and see what we really think about this whole time in WCW and the NWA, which, of course, to talk about WCW, we have to talk about the NWA. Of course, uh, what became WCW was originally a territory within the NWA. Uh, the Mid-Atlantic promotions, um, headed up by Jim Crockett promotions, which took place in really Mid-Atlantic and Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um, and we get to this WCW conglomeration really in the late 80s, early 90s. But before we get there, we kind of have to talk about uh, what Jim Crockett Promotions was doing in the NWA in the 70s and in the 80s. So I kind of want to start off and ask, you know, knowing Clack, you were heavy WWF then. Courtney, you were heavy NWA then. Uh, what were your thoughts on the genesis or the precursor to wcw jim crockett promotions and the nwa in the 80s specifically clack let's start with you yeah good decision uh I, 
You know, Jim Crockett was really known historically as um, a scoundrel. There is a story that predates <laughs> the NWA that he actually stole that company from a man named Billy uh, Crockett, which was a family member of his. And in that family tension, Jim Crockett and Billy Crockett had this huge falling out over territories, I believe, somewhere in the southwest region and then also in the upper northeast region. And, and that feud bled over. It was really bitter with the family. And then uh, Jimmy Crockett decided to, to branch off with a man named Larry Zabisco and a man named um, William Maccabee. And when those three came together, they were able to create the in. W.A. <laughs> Courtney. <laughs> uh, th th this is why he's labeled Brandon J. Clack, the J standing for I'm a liar. Uh, because none of that's true. Uh, he said Larry Sabisco. Uh, shout Larry out Larry Sabisco. Sabisco. Wherever you are, shout out. This is the first time I think Larry Sabisco's name has ever been said on this show. Yes. Jim Crockett was a great promoter from the Mid-Atlantic area. He really had a territory in North Carolina also well, then called the Carolinas, and also uh, Virginia. Jim Crockett wanted to go more global as he had the Saturday presentation, but he also had the Saturday night presentation, which was on then TBS at, I believe, 6.05 Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. And because of that, when Ted Turner began to start looking for a promotion and Jim Crockett wanted to really, what Crockett really thought it was going to happen, he thought that he'd sell to Turner but still keep control. Turner had a different idea. He said, I'll sell you, you know, this. And they became WCW, which was really the name of the show that was at 605. So here's, let me tell you this. What, even if the show that you have isn't named after your company, you want to own the show name. <laughs> because Ted Turner knew that, uh, hey, why am I going to call it Mid-Atlantic or Pocket Promotions if people only know World Championship Wrestling? So all of the things became WCW. I remember when... If when they had the WCW belt and the NWA belt, we no right. longer needed NWA. NWA was a conglomerate of entities coming together, very similar to the rap group, a conglomerate of entities coming together to see who would be. That's right, Clack, you, mm -hmm. I, I, I bridged that gap. <laughs> and so a bunch of conglomerations coming together to create one thing. But Ted Turner, a la Ice Cube, saw something bigger and said, let's really run after this one created WCW, but he came along with the one mindset. I want to be able to go up against Vincent Kennedy McMahon. One Eric Bischoff is in a meeting with Ted Turner, and he's pitching all of these ideas. Uh, Ted Turner, the billionaire, leans in and says one thing. How do I overthrow Vincent Kennedy McMahon? He did not care about how he did it. He did not care how much we spent. He just wants to know, how do I go at war with him? Eric, knowing all that he knew, knew that the only way that we could go against him is we have to have something on primetime television. And we're going to do what Vince is not doing. We're going to go live. At that time, Vince was offering clowns and hillbilly Jim, who probably shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but let you know it's more of a Hall of Shame now than hillbilly Jim and one Coco Beware. So Vince was offering more characters, and WCW was offering more people that we identified with. So the plumber wasn't some super plumber. He was just a guy who grew up and was a, for the, the, the son of a plumber. So now we have WCW versus WWF. So, so I want to ask this question because you, you hit a lot of points there. And uh, if we're honest, certainly in the 80s, uh, there was definitely a more pronounced war between the NWA or primarily Jim Crockett promotions and WWE. That's right, Clack. Show it uh -huh. off. Uh -huh. and the stinger. We're, we're going to get to that in a second. But, you know, this competition, of course, with WCW or the NWA and WWE or WWF, like I said, started really in the 80s. And so before we get to... 96 97 98 i do want to ask this question do we no. really think that wcw was ready to compete with wwe yes and why yes they had the talent those guys could work okay. they, they could work they had the mind of an eric bischoff who was not really a wrestling guy eric is more of a television guy so they started creating a product that looked bolder. It was in your face. You're even thinking about the intro of a nitro, how explosive it was. 
It came off. They really delivered. The preface of the Nitro intro really gave us now what's synonymous with most wrestling, which is a big intro. So they were definitely ready because between uh, the camera work from Turner Broadcast, the mind of one Eric Bischoff, you still had a Dusty and a Kevin Sullivan backstage still honing what things were happening. They were definitely ready. Clack, do you think WCW was actually ready to compete with WWE? Clearly not. Just because you have talent and you have foresight to the future, if you do not have a solid plan on how to walk out the day in and day out uh, mundane things that no, that's not sexy, that's not going to make it on TV, if you don't know how to manage egos, oh, and I got proof. Because what I'm saying is facts. So you stay muted. If you don't have the wherewithal organizationally or supervisory, if that's even a word, I think it is. If you don't have those two things combined, you are going to have a bunch of talented renegades that will try to run what they're good at in front of the camera and assume that they are just as good at it behind the camera. For instance, Courtney Beard is amazing in front of the camera, but I don't know if he's got the valedictorian brain to run the faction behind the camera. You give him to the keys to the faction, and we're going to get canceled just like WCW did. Wow. Wow. I won't argue with that. He's Kevin probably Nash. probably would go under and become a cooking show, but I'm no Kevin Nash. I'm more like an Eric Bischoff. No, you're Kevin Nash. You're Kevin Nash. <laughs> you're Kevin Nash. Your, so, your, your salary that GB has to pay you just to be here every week is through the roof. You're Kevin Nash. You literally, Hulk Hogan and took like four months off. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not breaking the bank on payroll. Four months off. <laughs> I'm not breaking the bank four on payroll. We had to pay. Here's what the people don't realize. We had to pay you extra to come back. And you can only do it during a certain time. GB I mean, has to lay so off a many, whole nother show that, that, of people that, he's been that, with for years because of your salary. You, you told GB, I won't come back unless you upgrade your mic system. Why did you make GB lay now, off a whole nother show of people that he's been with for years? Just to you, keep told you, GB, you told GB. That's why those guys don't like you. That's why those guys don't like you. No, no, I'm, I'm going to say what the people don't, don't, don't realize. You told GB if he mentions Josh Spill one more time, you're never coming back. You took four months off. You mentioned <laughs> Josh right, Spill. All right. You took four months you, off. You, you want to do that? You want to do that? <laughs> and just four months off. CW faction, because a lot of the things they said were true, you blocked Josh Spill on <laughs> social media from the faction. Josh, Courtney did it. Courtney did it. And he okay. didn't do it. And he put it in our group chat, and he told us, without counseling with us, that you blocked him. I never blocked him. Oh, I never blocked Josh Phil. So, 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 so. I, I never blocked Josh Billings. So, so I want to, I want to propose this, right? Like, I definitely feel like in the '80s, before we hit the '90s, I felt like uh, the NWA or WCW, as they were becoming. Um, I felt like they had a better talent roster than WWE. I felt, I felt like they even had some presentations that felt completely different than what WWE was bringing. Um, and so we, of course, move into the late 80s, uh, around 88, 89 is where we saw this now morph into WCW. We saw their staging change. We saw lightings change. They started doing all sorts of unique things uh, and the like. I want to ask this question. Um, one of the things we did not see in the 80s, uh, late 80s particularly, was a lot of jumping between WWE and WCW. Uh, no. WCW True. had their own group of folks. WWE had their own group of folks. And it was a rare moment that you would see folks jump i think about the late i think about matter of fact 89 or so into 90 where arn and tully made their way over to wwe uh jj dylan made his way over rick flair in 91 coming over to wwe and so dusty Rhodes, dusty Rhodes, he would make his way over as well um but then they would all make their way back 
over to WCW. And uh, this starts to get us ready for 93, 94, 95, et cetera. I want to ask you this question. Uh, what concepts did WCW and the NWA produce that actually should have kept them going? Because if you think about some of the match concepts that they had, some of the overall ideas that they had, pay-per-view-wise, et cetera, it was very, very different than what WWE was doing. And seemingly to the pure wrestling fan, it would seem like they would continue those things going forward. What types of concepts uh, did the NWA and WCW have that they should have continued? Clack, let's start with you. Uh, I think that the way that they presented the pay-per-views those pay-per-views in the late 80s, all of them, to me, had big match feel. Mm -hmm. and, and they weren't even big card guys. Yeah. But the way that they presented it, and, and I honestly have to give it to their announcers. That announce team made me believe probably what my eye test would have failed. Mm. Who was that announce team during that time? Oh, Shav Shavani was leading the charge like crazy. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, the body was in there every now and then, which I did mm -hmm. not know. He was. Um, but he was sprinkled in, not much. Yeah. Uh, Dusty was sprinkled in, but obviously he was spending more time in the ring in, in the late 80s. Mm -hmm. um, she also had Jim Ross, though, that to was mind. in there, too. Jim Ross. Oh, Jim. Jim Ross was there. And uh, as a matter of fact, when I went back and I was watching, uh, I think it was Clash 2, uh, you had Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone as the commentary team, which for those who are keeping score is the current commentary team for AEW. So it was very, and you're right. When I heard, I remember when I would turn to TBS, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross had the ability to make you believe anything, you know? And the cool thing was they weren't having to push silly things, right? So they weren't having to, to push a, a giant egg at the Survivor Series. You know, they weren't having to, they didn't have to push Doink the Clown and make us believe, you know, and, but I think they could have, you know. Um, but what they did end up pushing was, you know, when uh, the, the four horsemen uh, trapped Dusty Rhodes uh, at, in a car and they broke his arm. Like they, they had these different kinds of things that came our way. Courtney, what, well, what things G should, yeah, go ahead. GB, if, if I can go to that, the difference is with being in Atlanta as opposed to being in Connecticut is that WCW hired guys who were usually radio announcers uh, from the standpoint of they did baseball or they did football. Yeah. Jim Ross, very much so known for his football prowess. Tony Schiavone, well-respected baseball commentator. Absolutely. Both for radio. So they're used to painting a picture and giving you a lens that you don't have access to. Yeah. What made them incredible. Now, here, let, let, let me go here. That's no slouch to Vince as a doggone commentator now. Vince mm -hmm. was a very good commentator, uh, very reminiscent of the Howard Cosell generation. Big voice guy. But Tony Schiavone painted a picture that made you feel like, I, though I'm seeing it, he's seeing something different. Yeah. And he's making it in HD. That the big fight feel that, that, that they had a way of doing it. But it became a little much for them when they're bringing out big, big uh, voice announcers every Monday. And so that became, and then, then you have these stupid endings of uh, Hogan and Jer Jeff Jarrett. Uh, you, you know, so, so when we start using big moments, to highlight things that aren't well planned, that's when things start going down because there's a large eye on you. But when you think about things like them promoting Great American Bash, even ideas such as Hog Wow, one thing that Eric Bischoff did well was find out where the populace is and just go to them. Don't make them come to you. Mm -hmm. So he takes a Hog Wow and says it's a biker convention. Let's go to that biker convention and present wrestling. Uh, they would come down here to Corpus Christi. Hey, there's a big military base down there. Let's go down there to where they are. So because they didn't have the the uh, the the money that a WrestleMania had pulled in through the 80s, he went to where the excitement was as, as opposed to pulling the excitement to him. I, I would uh, also Which, uh, a, a la the, the, the Mall of America. Let's go there as opposed to bringing well, them to us. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a second. Um, I would suggest a couple of things. First of all, when you're talking about silly endings to matches, remember that in the '80s, 
uh, WCW Jim Crockett promotions were notorious for having matches end or having a broadcast end without the matches ending. So they yeah. would have, oh my God, we've got five minutes left in TV time. And if it, if it doesn't, you know, end before here, we'll keep the tapes rolling and we'll, and they would often go off the air with a match still going on. And you're wondering what happened or what is known as the classic dusty finish, which was usually a the dust, empty the locker room, <laughs> you know, an empty the locker room, a wild disqualification. We don't know really how, how things end. Um, so there was that. But one of the things that I think that they mastered in and did not continue were those specialty matches that you couldn't find anywhere else. While WWE in the 80s was giving us the big giant blue cage with these giant squares in between, WCW slash the NWA, they were bringing us first blood matches. They were bringing us some massive steel cage I quit matches. matches. The I quit matches. Who can forget the, the inaugural war games uh, and how exciting war games was um and, and and all of these kinds of concept matches these chain you, matches listen these other things. you knew wrestlers those things you knew wcw wrestlers were serious when they came out in their street clothes the the, the bunkhouse stampede when, when, you know? when they would come out and tully had on jeans you said somebody bleeding tonight yeah yeah can we please go back to your inaccurate accusation of the blue steel cage versus the chain link fence of WCW. And this is why our viewers need someone that has an up-to-date conversation with WCW as I. That is not true. WCW had a cage. It did not turn to a chain link fence cage until the 90s. But no, no, 80s, no, no, no. In there was a, I don't know who that, that bald brother was that got electrocuted in a oh, chair. In you're a talking about that Abdul was not. You the are talking so you're talking in the night it's in the early 90s, the electric cage featuring Abdullah the Butcher at a Halloween havoc. Thing was that was it. right, that was like 1992. GD, Back in the age, that cage was crazy. It was hideous. It was but but even think about that. It was that worse was, than the blue cage. It, that was I agree with you. And uh the, the problem I think with that, and that kind of gets to an interesting point where you could tell there was competition. They were so busy trying to up WWE that they weren't executing what they had well. So the electric cage and the idea that you put Abdullah the Butcher in the, uh, the shock chair and you pull the thing down and it shocks him, and then when they pulled it down, the thing broke, and yep. it didn't shock him. Yep. Like, that, so now, the match was fun. I enjoyed the match. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Uh, we had an early Scott Hall sighting. Yes. He was in that match. Yes, uh, Diamond was, Stud. I mean, Vader was a bruiser. I mm -hmm. feel like Vader might have either been drunk or very angry because the way he was hitting those guys. They, Vader has it been. It was almost be like people heavy were heavy. trying to get away from him. Yeah, yeah. He's been. Can, be very can, can we go back to the inaccuracy of one Brandon Jake Platt? Oh that was First not. Of all, why'd you try to do something? That, that was not announced as our steel cage match. That was a Thunderdome match. That was can, a Thunderdome match. Can you at least admit that you had to Google it? You didn't have that on I your did. Rolodex. I did, yeah. I did because I wanted the accuracy. Thank you. I wanted Let's the not accuracy. act like you but have an up-to-date a Thunderdome. A Thunderdome. That is the power of understanding and gaining understanding in the moment. A Thunderdome. Not to be confused with the with the cage. So, uh, GB, if you would continue from old heresy over here and uh, go forth, man of God, so, go forth. So let's 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 get into let's get into the WCW era, which certainly began eighty nine ninety. Um, I want to talk about this because one of the things that I think um, challenged WCW over the years was the fact that they did not really create stars and i i think we should have that conversation and i could be wrong so maybe you can correct me in my opinion wcw created one star with a possible second in my opinion the one star they well no 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 no, no. let me say three with a three two with a possible third the two being sting and Goldberg. Thank you. The possible third 
would be Booker T. No, then there's four. Okay, so so let's have the conversation then. What were the stars that WCW created? And we'll have to be specific about what we mean by WCW created stars. Clack, who were the stars? Uh, gonna... And this is ranging from like 89 all the way through the end. Okay, I'm going to give you those three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add in Glacier. Star? He, the way they build <laughs> them. So... He debuted like a star. Our standards or based off of what they thought would work. Because the the money they put into Glacier, they were billing him as a star. We can't base it off of the what they thought would work because if that's the case, Oz was a star. If that's the case, you know, (laughs) there there are a few others. Uh, 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 Seven, who was Goldust, was a star. Like, they put a lot of money into debuting certain things. But we can look at the test of time to be able to say so, who was a star. Thank you for who was a star. overall point about WCW, which I'll come back to in about 15 minutes. But yes, <laughs> since we're going to excommunicate the glacier types that they invested money in as a part of their vision statement for what a star was, we can omit glacier. Sure. Then if that's the case, now that that has been set since you laid that out, GB, I'm going to go with the three that you gave us. Okay. Booker T, Sting, Goldberg. Courtney. So when you say star, are you thinking uh, household names or people I, that received media attention? I'm, I'm thinking people who Or names that were, have stood up over the test of time. Clearly who were standouts in WCW. Okay. That when you say uh, WCW, you think, you think, like, for instance, in the 80s, when you said the NWA, you thought Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen. When you said WWE, you thought Hulk Hogan. You thought, uh, you know, Junkyard Dog or Ultimate. Like, you had people you specifically thought about. So who were stars that WCW created? Well, we didn't do a great job as much as we should have of doing that. I will say that, uh, you know, so we have Sting. We have, uh, 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 I'll give you Booker T. He already said that. I mean, I'm co-signing these. But I'll also give you Eric Bischoff. I think Bischoff accidentally turned himself into a star. My God. Bischoff became a household name from what he does. But we don't have a ton. I mean, we had Chris Jericho, but he went over to WWE and did something. But I loved him as Lionheart, but he went over there and Y2J, it was over. WCW did not do good at – La Parca was already a star over in Mexico. Uh, But – we, we didn't do a great job. Now, I will tell you this. I think that Hall and Nash went higher in WCW so I've as got far as their name. I got a question about that. Um, and before I ask that particular question. But they could have done it if they hadn't gone through being Razor and Diesel. Well, and so, and so that's going to lead to the next thing, right? I want to ask you this. So I asked that, that particular question. Here's the other question I want to ask. Who were people who were in WCW that they passed on that ultimately became stars. Who didn't they pass on? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Undertaker? Yep. Stone Cold? Mm -hmm. Chris Jericho? Mm -hmm. Dean Malenko? Chris Benoit? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Clack? That we we passed on. You you may not agree, but I'm going to throw in Ric Flair. So there's yeah, an interesting they, we did, conversation. We didn't use yeah. and, and Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Oh, now Bret Hart is the great, greatest tragedy of WCW. We, hmm. we get Bret Hart fresh off the Montreal screw job and we do nothing with that? Nothing. Bret should have been on the show the following day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It took like, what, three weeks? I, yeah. I believe three or four weeks. Three almost. to four weeks before he showed up there. Um, and, he should have been up there the next day. And, and I then think, Courtney, he debuts as a referee. Yeah. He yeah. should have showed up with, cut the mic, I have something to say. Yeah. I, you know, so, so I think, for one, us just naming more stars. Hitting. That, us naming more stars that WCW passed on than stars that they created, I think, is one of the things that leads to the demise of WCW. I also think that one of the things that WCW did um, was they made their name, certainly in the 90s, for sure, based on 
former WWE superstars. And so I want to ask you this, and we may have already kind of answered it, but, um, well, let's start here. Who went to WCW from another place and actually had a better career in WCW than they did either coming from WWE or AWA or ECW? Who do you think actually fared better in WCW? In the 90s? In the 90s, for sure. Oh, Hall and Nash, Hulk no. Hogan. They fared better. They made so much more money. I mean, you'd want to talk about butts and seats. Wait. You, oh, mm. So you think WCW Hulk Hogan drew more money than WWE I, Hulk I'm, Hogan? I'm waiting for the comedic punch. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Under NWO? Come on, man. Mm. NWO, they drew some money. Courtney. Those NWO dudes drew serious had a money. Two and a half year run. They drew money. Thunder than what he did in 15 years with the WWF. Go ahead, Google's your friend. Paradise. I can't believe you just brought up Thunder in Paradise and called it a hit show, though, Courtney. Like I, I'm gonna <laughs> say this. I think Kevin Nash had a greater individual career. I do not think Scott Hall did. I hmm. think as Razor Ramon, if you remember, now it was a little, the error was cheesy, but Razor? Yes. Razor was, was hot. Healing as Scarface. We, yeah. We have to thank Razor for the uh, ladders match. Yes, yeah, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And many forget... Him. Many forget that, you know, we, we call Shawn Michaels the king of the ladder match because of that match at WrestleMania 10, but people forget that it was Razor who won the match. Razor held think, his own, fam. I also think that alcohol, by the time he got to WCW, was yeah. really running rampant. Yeah. Whereas in those early WWF days, if, if you remember, he was slim. Yes. He, well, you know, not completely slim, but he was, he was right. toned. Yeah. He was agile. Yeah. When he got to the NWO because he wanted to take on this Bloods and Crips thug mentality, which mm -hmm. is what he was going for. He was yeah. going for that. Yeah. You could tell he became sloppy. Mm -hmm. He put more energy into trying to be in an intimidating joke factor. I also saw where on one of the Nitros, he stole the crotch chop, which was not his creation. Now, mm. now I'll fight you over this one, mm. which was not his wrestling creation, mm -hmm. but he stole it. Which and, and he, so he, if you watch Nitro from 96 to the early 99, Scott Hall does more mic work than he does yeah. in ring work. Yeah. And which he was good on the mic though. to 99, Courtney, mm -hmm. he's not wrestling at all. Well, and, and we have to consider. We have to consider some right. things, too. When you start talking right. about Nash and Hall, who came over to WCW and really turned the tide, I don't think anybody has any question about that. Yeah. Um, we have to remember that they were actually on the twilight of their wrestling career. You know, you look at, 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 at uh, Scott Hall, who got his start as big Scott Hall in the AWA, teaming with Kurt Hennig you know, being tag yeah. team champions in 83, 84, 85, 86. He was huge, man. He, he was jacked. He was Jack, Big Scott Hall, you know. Um, and so by the time he got back to – now, mind you, he ended up with a stint in WCW before he came to WWE as a Razor as the Diamond Stud, working with Diamond Dallas Page. Um, and Kevin Nash as well, both of them flopped on their early WCW stint. By the time they came back, I think there were a lot of different things in play. I don't think that they had the ability to work the way they did in WCW. I think they were building off of their star power. And because at this point they came back in and there was so much money thrown at them and they were able to have creative control, then if you've got creative that control, guaranteed contracts, think about this. If we go to our jobs tomorrow, right, and we're given a guaranteed contract, whether we show up to work or not, and we're allowed to create our story, who in their right mind after working 300 days a year is going to decide I'm going to purposely keep getting in the ring and damage myself when I'm going to make the same amount of money doing nothing? And so I think those things factored in to the performance of a Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And I think they ultimately ended up leading themselves to part of the demise of WCW is, you know, you cannot give 
all of these people creative control and guaranteed contracts with no incentive to work. That's, that's real. That's I'm basic not, business. Totally agree with you. No argument on that. But my God, some of those outsiders and Steiner matches were incredible. Well, they, there, there were some great matches and some great moments. So, so, so let's ask this question then. Um, with WCW, obviously they, they, I won't say they lucked up, but I'll say the NWO was one of the most brilliant concepts in all of pro wrestling, certainly in the 90s. Um, why do you think, I mean, because if we look at 96, 97, 98, 99 for WCW, it seemed like they had everything going right. They were beating WWE in the Monday Night Wars, you know, for 84, 85, 86 consecutive weeks. They had the NWO. They had the cruiserweights. They had enough things going on to move them from what was originally a one-hour show to a two-hour show to a three-hour show. What happened? Why did WCW lose this race and ultimately go out of business after ruling the wrestling world from 96 to 98 and by 2001 they're done clack you can go thank you uh the 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 fatal mistake is they put their money in something that they did not fully plan out so nwo clearly is a racehorse Mm-hmm. And the reason why I know it's a racehorse is because they gave us too much too soon. Mm-hmm. I think one of the greatest tragedies of the NWO and ultimately the demise of WCW is that we got Hulk Hogan given to us at Bash of the Beach. That thing should have been flirted with. We should have seen a couple of matches between Hall and Hogan, Hall and Nash, and I'm talking about red and blue Hogan. We should have seen some type of feud there where he hulked up on them, where they jumped him, where they, they cattle prodded him, they embarrassed him, they should have shaved Hogan's head. That, that thing should have led up a little bit more to give it a little bit more validity and to pull it out a little longer. But because they were, it, it was so brilliant and so, such a hot idea to turn Hogan heel, I believe, believe it or not, that was the ultimate first strike of the demise of WCW. We got that way hmm. too fast. Hmm. Hmm. No, I'll disagree. I think Hogan is the one thing that that really put NWO over the top. I think that that's when it became mainstream media because the guy who America loved as a sweetheart turned bad and turned on the fans. And if you go back and watch it, that's some of the most epic soda throwing I've ever seen in my life in that moment. Mm -hmm. And Hogan standing there taking it. The funny thing is that no one knew. Heenan almost gave it away and didn't even know he was giving it away. Uh, Hogan played that to the T. The beginning of the demise, when we knew that they didn't have a plan, was when the Giant joined. You bring in six, it makes sense. He's a WWF guy. You're wondering every week, is Stone Cold next? Is Rock coming? Is Sean coming? Is Hunter coming? Who else is coming? Rick Rude is with you guys? Are you serious? Ted DiBiase? This is a total invasion. McMahon has swerved us all. Mm-hmm. Kurt Henning, we're being swerved. Connecticut's coming. I mean, Pat Patterson could have showed up and we would have been like, another swerve. Mm-hmm. And then they add the Giant. Then n- now you have Hogan, Hall, and National Giant. Well, tell me, WCW, Sting, the Road Warriors, the Steiners, and the Horsemen can't jump them? I mean, we're, we're, we're literally going, to, we're going to, to commercial every week with them beating up Ray Mastriol, <laughs> with, them be, with them, you know, beating down. I mean, so every week you, you, you built your bread and butter on Ric Flair. Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game, can't figure out a way to low blow in to beat them. The, 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 the writing became so one-sided for the NWO that they were indestructible to the point that they, listen, man, when we're starting to add, now we got red and black again, black and white, we're getting into Stupidville. Lex Luger it becomes uh, NWO, Macho Man Randy, who Macho was a very doggone good member of the NWO, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Macho can sell anything, snap into a Slim Jim. 
But when we start yeah. getting people that we love, exactly, turning into being a part of, as Vince called it, this cancer he's unleashing in his, uh, in his group, we're now losing. It started with the start of the, the Giants. And it, it, it just I, – I kind of agree with you, Clack. I would have loved to have seen what a Hulk Hogan and, a, and a Scott Hall would have done. But, man, Hulk Hogan turning was the greatest thing. I mean, then after that, we have to wait for Sting to un- – now, Sting was hot now. Mm-hmm. When now, Sting Courtney, started coming out of the Raptors. My, that's where my premise came from. I think they did it right with Sting. Mm-hmm. They teased us with Sting. Yeah. If you would have at least given us some type of Hogan NWO clash in the beginning while he was red and yellow Hogan, you could have prolonged probably another year before you went stupid with the NWO of quality NWO. But where should the NWO have been capped at, Clack? G- g- give me your cap. The NWO should have been who? It, it should have been, and, and, and I know we've, we've talked about this offline, it should have been... Hall, Nash, Hogan, um, six, six, DiBiase, Eric Bischoff, Nick Patrick. So here, here's my issue with NWO. Um, when you talk about the NWO, first and foremost, I had heard that there were supposed to be plans that it would be its own separate organization. Um, That's stupid. And. Yeah. And where that's stupid and silly is for it to be its own organization, you're going to need a roster of 30 guys. Well, they amassed a roster of 30 guys, but the problem was you can't start with the premise of the NWO being indestructible and then you add Virgil. Doesn't work. You know, and and, and and then you add Stevie Ray. Doesn't work. You know, you add Scott Norton. Doesn't work. You know, you add Buff Bagwell. Doesn't work. You, Greatest thing ever happened to Buff Bagwell's career, though. Oh, absolutely. But, but there's no way you can convince me that a Kevin Nash – and, again, the premise of the NWO was initially this war – between these guys we thought were from WWE. So you really start to sanitize it and whitewash it when you bring in the giant, which made no sense at all. Um, I even think bringing Eric Bischoff made no sense at all. Because here's the thing, if it becomes, becomes one of those things that is unbeatable, then, I mean, let, think about this. There was a moment where when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall would come out, the locker room would empty. Why do you need the whole locker room to beat up two guys? Doesn't make sense at all, you know? Um, and then the other thing that I think was problematic about this was what was the vision for WCW? They didn't have a vision, right? Their, well, let me say, they did have a vision. Their vision was winning every week on Monday nights. Here's where that's problematic. You don't understand where your money's coming from. Your money is coming from pay-per-view. Your money is coming from, you know, getting a great buy rate and things like that. And they got sloppy in the pay-per-view world. There is no reason that Hulk Hogan versus Bill Goldberg, summer of 1998, should have been on free television. No reason it should have been on free television and at the Georgia Dome at that. You could have got 80,000 people in the Georgia Dome and made that look like a WrestleMania with a a ticket of Hogan versus Goldberg. Instead, you tell us on a Thunder three days before and Goldberg didn't even know? I've got one worse for you, GB. Go ahead. Starcade, 1997, December 28th. The match, I think, the greatest WCW match, period. Sting and Hogan. Yeah. The buildup was great for a year. Mm-hmm. I'm on the edge of my seat. I watched it last uh, two days ago. Yeah, I, I, like I don't know what's happening. Yeah, GB, the most egregious thing happened January fifth, mm-hmm. ninety eight, Monday Night Nitro. They say you have got to watch the encore. I'm thinking to myself, brilliant. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss. They don't give you any video replay. They only do still shots. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, these guys. What happened? This is incredible. Yeah, thirty. Minutes later, Tony Schiavone announces, oh, my God, 
we're going to have the greatest rematch of all time tonight. Mm. Hoko versus Sting. <laughs> I said to myself, who is going to watch the encore of right. the pay-per-view? Right. You literally <laughs> just told us to watch it, and now you're telling us the rematch is tonight? Yeah. For free? This is because they wanted to be raw. And that's all they cared about. Oh, and it didn't, it didn't matter if it made business sense. Think, now, think GB, about this. That crowd went up. Of course they, but here's they the thing. lost it. The, but, but here's the thing. You didn't draw anybody because they were already there. They were already there. Yep. And the people that they were, were already there were already tuned in. You know, they were already so there. 30 well, minutes. GB, do you think that TV ratings went up? Do you? Do you think if um, GB might have called well, somebody real quick and said, yo, hurry up, Sting and Hogan tonight? Oh, yeah. Well, the, well hey, what, what, what was the date on that clock? I believe it was It's either January, January 5th, 5th, 1998, or January 11th, 1998. One of those two. I, here, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the 5th. For, for me, the challenge with all of that is, again, they didn't think these things through. All they thought about. And January that, 5th? We didn't get much of a bump. We did a four three. Yeah. Uh, WWE did a. I just lost it. Uh, we did a four three. They did a three three. Well, and and uh, if you're no. talking, well, here's the thing. If you're Wrestling talking, one. if you're talking January '98, I want my memory to be right on that. Let me let me hold on. Let me make sure I want to get this right uh, in terms of my dates, uh, because because world title. Of course, I can't. I, I'll, I'll tell you something that, that, that while you're looking for that, that, that we took advantage of to help us get the leading ratings is we used to kill y'all on weeks of the Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> well, man. there's the, so, so wait, so wait. That so dog you, show was the you just, worst. Let's man. talk about that because the <gasps> this that, is the deal. The, the tennis thing every year. Oh, no, I remember when, that. When it gets for My tennis. heart would be broken. <laughs> uh, we literally. We we literally did an eight one night when y'all had the Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> Everybody watched it. You know that's the equivalent to a pastor that's going live on Facebook and his and his sermon crashes, and then another pastor get like five hundred people watching. He's like, <laughs> oh gosh. So I want. Oh no, that's not right. Okay, so I I was I was gonna be wrong. Okay, I didn't want to be wrong. So I'm it glad. Was I didn't literally, go that every pastor Easter Sunday when right. people's joints was crashing and they had like fifteen thousand views. Ask me how I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I I think this again is where WCW did not think long term, and they didn't really believe that their product could stand alone. That's why they would do things like give Monday Night Raw's ratings away or, or results away, figuring if I tell you what happened over there, you want to watch what happened. No, if you create a great... That backfired. Story, it backfired. You know, the Mick that Foley... That backfired because backfired Mick Foley is another one who could have won in WCW and didn't. Yeah. I was just listening. Clack and I both listened to Jim Cornette. Uh, my brother's so daily in the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, then I have to listen to some type of Christian music after that. <laughs> But I listen to Corny <laughs> daily. You, if you listen, you understand why. Mm -hmm. And Cornette says that uh, if you go look at the ratings, there was a huge switch right there because yes. though Bischoff gave it away, he said, you know, with that, that's that's some type of state fair mess. That's, that's the easy way mm -hmm. he said it. Mm -hmm. uh, he said that people tuned in because the guy they always rooted for was going to actually win. Exactly. exactly. So, and and I, I agree with Cornette. There are things that happened during that era that killed the business still today as we stand. I agree. I agree. I One agree. really good thing that I did like is they did watch parties for Nitro. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they would give a contestant who would win, they would send the Nitro girls to yes. your watch party. Yes. That thing is that was brilliant. reminiscent of 2020. A bunch yeah. of people in a room yeah. watching something on screen yeah. going mm -hmm. nuts. Yeah. So yeah. to me, you know, I kind of thought WCW was really cutting edge. WWE never tried that. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. They would have yeah. you know, three, 400 people in, in a room watching mm -hmm. it. And uh, here come the Nitro Girls. I mean, those guys were going crazy when they saw yeah. the Nitro Girls. Show. Yeah. It was, it was a smart move. There, there were some things I thought that WCW did right. Um, the problem is the things that they did wrong were yeah. so wrong <laughs> that it was just like, 
you know, and and I heard Hulk Hogan say one time, you know, you can do a few things wrong, but you just can't do a bunch of things wrong back to back to back to back, you know, without it impacting you. Like I think about the one Halloween Havoc where it was Goldberg and DDP for the world title. Um, and their pay-per-view was supposed to end at 11.05, and the match was just getting started, and the pay-per-view feed cuts, and they now have to refund like $3 million of people to pay-per-view. You know, you don't recover from moves like that. You don't, you, you don't recover from doing things like that. And so I think, you know, they really started making – some some bad bad moves. Okay, so let me ask this before we before we wrap up. What what do you think were the top three things that led to the demise of WCW? Mm. Number one, the Wolfpack. The whole thing. Hmm. There should have only been one version of NWO. Okay. Uh, number two, letting the inmates run the asylum. Uh, you should have never given Nash and Hall that type of creative control, ability to decide when they're going to come to work, when they're not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then number three, their obsession with WWE. I think mm -hmm. that if they would have majored in what they do mm -hmm. and try and just taking your eye. Now, yes, make fun of them. I thought initially when Bret Hart came on, he said, yeah, I know why I started off as a referee because I'm sick of seeing wrestlers get screwed by referees. I went up. Mm -hmm. I watched it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, oh, man, yeah. you know, that yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. But, the, but the mismanagement of talent, which ultimately speaks to a lack of vision mm -hmm. because you got the inmates running it. You know, they're, they're, they're leaning to their friends. It, it, it just, I hate it, guys, because, and I'm going to admit this on the air and then I'm done. I enjoy WCW mm -hmm. from, from 89. I, so obviously I'm quarantined. Mm -hmm. I have been watching every day for yeah. almost 60 days straight. Wow. Something from WCW from 89. Now I'm at 98. Mm -hmm. I am loving. I've seen all kinds of dream matches. I didn't know about. I didn't mm -hmm. know Ben Wall fought Savage. Yeah. I didn't know Kurt Henning fought Booker T. Mm -hmm. I, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't know any of that. I mean, yeah. you know, so I'm now, you know, some of these matches are hard to watch. But, mm -hmm. you know, hey, the fan in me is enjoying the dream match because I found right. something I didn't know. WCW right. had something brilliant. They really did. And uh, they squandered it. They, mm. Yeah. Courtney, top three reasons WCW is no more. Uh, I want to lean on some of the things Clack said. I believe payback kills perspective. Hmm. When the seed for the vision is I want to beat Vince, then the death of the vision is I want to beat Vince. Mm. They were so focused on payback, and then they became so obsessed with we're winning that they couldn't see the long run. Mm -hmm. Now, if we looked at it by 2020 numbers, the last year of WCW is a smash hit. 2.1, Those numbers would kill anywhere today in 2020. But when you are obsessed with beating somebody, and even when you're winning, you're still obsessed with beating them, then you don't have vision. So I believe poor management led them to live week to week and not year to year. Uh, Vince knows right now what he wants to happen at WrestleMania next year. He knows what he wants it to look like. So they can stack the deck and start building towards that. When the inmates, number two, clack, when the inmates run the asylum and they're deciding who they who want who who should go over, who should go under, who's wearing what, what time they arrive, not even what not only when do they come to work, but when they arrive at the venue. Mm -hmm. If you're allowed to if the show Wait, starts Courtney, at seven. Happened? Yeah, the show starts at seven and you're coming in the venue oh. at six forty five. Mm. When are you building camaraderie? And that was because Hall and Nash made that decision? They were just showing up when they wanted to. I can't. And then I think the third thing is I'm going to agree uh, that too much NWO mm -hmm. killed it. Now, let me just say this. 
I can say too much NWO, but God, I loved Rodman as an NWO member. I just loved it. I loved Rodman versus Karl Malone. See, there were things they did that I think worked when they had their finger on the pulse. Uh, if Vince owned rock and wrestling, they decided that the culture should be married to wrestling, and they did a great job of the three years. But, man, when you, the main thing is the main thing. You're here to build wrestling. What was the purpose of the power plant if it's only going to give us Goldberg? They had an NXT before NXT had an NXT. Now, Courtney, let's not act like Goldberg is not the equivalent of, like, five stars. Because Goldberg. They mismanaged Goldberg. When Goldberg was hitting the streak, man, I'm just like, let the streak live. Mm -hmm. And then, but it's the same thing that happens to everything. Hogan's immovable. Nash is immovable. Scott Hall is immovable. And so when you got that going on, I mean, it's about because if they'd have ran it right, you could have got Hogan, Hall, and Nash out, and you really could have built a great promotion around the DDPs of the world. So yeah. book, oh, they built DDP. DDP's a star. I'm not, yeah. not going to take that. Yeah. DDP's a I agree. star. D- I agree. WCW is where he went from a manager to a late blossoming wrestler at age 40, 41, I and turned agree. himself into a star. So I'll fully. give you that. Yeah. Uh, and, but then you also you let guys go like Benoit, Jericho, mm-hmm. Eddie Austin. Guerrero. Who yeah. later, who later, no, I'm, I'm talking about the three little guys who oh. later become champions in W. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the botched Starcade of Sting and Hogan is as botched as, as Vince supposed to have put Flair and Hogan in the ring together for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of things, but I don't want to shy away from the truth. The truth is that WCW ended because Turner wouldn't renew the television rights. And when you don't have television rights in 1999, you don't have a federation, especially if you're not willing to start over. So let me, let me, I think all that what you guys have mentioned uh, is very, very good. I think uh, really the, the beginning of the end for WCW was January 1999. And you could really argue it was Starcade 98 with Kevin Nash beating uh, Goldberg and beating the streak and becoming the world champion. But then when you get to January 99, the first Nitro, the return of Hulk Hogan, Hogan to fight Kevin Nash for the world title, and you get the infamous finger poke of doom, um, which... Ultimately, took all. Let, let's think about this. Remember how we felt, or at least how I felt, because I know Clack didn't feel this way. WrestleMania 30, when Undertaker's streak is broken by Brock Lesnar. And we're like, holy cow. And then you fast forward like two or three years, and you have Goldberg versus Brock at Survivor Series, and Goldberg beats Brock in like 90 seconds. And I sat back and said, why did you just hand the Undertaker streak to Brock for Brock to lose to Goldberg in 45 seconds and Brock and Goldberg hasn't wrestled in 12 years? Wrestling can find a way to cheapen things that they've taken all this time to build and kill in a moment. So you literally took the two-year streak of Goldberg of him being invincible. You cheapen that and the WCW championship in five seconds with a finger poke of doom from a Hulk Hogan that we haven't seen in ages. It really harkened back to the fact that we don't really believe that this thing happens without Hogan. Hogan is a relic at this point. And so this movement of the future, while in 99, you've got WWE giving us The Rock and Austin and Taker and Mankind and DX. And like this, I mean, at this point, it's a new DX because you've got the Outlaws and X-Pac and China. And you've got like all of it. You got the nation. You got all these things happening. And then they go back from the new thing of Goldberg to... Hogan. And if you think about it, 99, by the time 99 ends, October of 99, Vince Russo has made his way to WCW. 
And this WCW fascination of having former WWE stars ultimately bites them in the butt when Vince Russo pretty much bankrupts the company with these ridiculous shows, with these ridiculous match concepts. And then by April of 2000, we've got David Arquette as the WCW (laughs) world champion. The same belt that Harley Race wore, the same belt that Ric Flair wore, the same belt that Flair and Steamboat feuded over, and Dusty Rhodes and Sting and all of these amazing people gets put in the hands of David Arquette. And less than 12 months after David Arquette is the world champion, WCW no longer exists. I agree the TV deal is an issue, but the TV deal wasn't an issue in 98 because the ratings were outrageous. The ratings were amazing. And people will keep the things they hate as long as it still brings money in. Uh-oh. WCW now. stopped bringing money in all of a sudden, it became a liability. And it yeah. became a liability because all they wanted to do was beat Vince McMahon and never create a product that would stand on its own. In my opinion, it's the reason WCW was never revived in 20 years. We saw the return of ECW. We've seen the return of a lot of other things and other con- The NWO as a concept came back. Goldberg returned. We even saw Sting in WCW, but we never in WWE, but we never saw the return of those three letters, WCW. And I think it had everything to do with the fact that they were poorly managed and they never ever wanted to create something that would stand alone. Point is, I don't want You can never win when you're always trying to beat somebody else. I agree with that. I agree. And this is why we need more than anything. Everything else can fade away. The grass can wither. Everything else can fade away. We need the WWE Network. The network is gold. Yeah. And and, and perhaps the network is the way that WCW still lives. Oh, yeah. Oh, because I I, I love WCW right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like the kids of WCW are in AEW. Well, there's that too, but That's not good. The sins the, the, of the father go to the children. <laughs> but I think, but I think AEW we'll has see. a much AEW has a much different infrastructure right now than a WCW because they they have actual leadership. They well, have you leadership. let Jim Cornette tell it. AEW is not going to last much longer either. Well, Jim Jim Cornette is also. We have to acknowledge he is a wee bit bitter. Uh, with a chip on his shoulder, still mad about not being part of the NWA anymore. We have to acknowledge that. Um, Good point. You know, I don't know if he's mad about that, GB. Oh, sure he is. I don't is. know if he's oh, mad he, about he, it. Oh, he's, he's mad. mad. I don't know if he's Kidding mad. <laughs> you don't know if he's Jim, mad. Jim, Jim Cornette is, to me, is like Dick Gregory. You know, I, I love 80% <laughs> I don't, of what Dick Gregory said. The other 20 left me with my mouth open like, huh? Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Let Hilarious. me this, and I'm going to just drop this on you in 20 seconds. I think if they would have left Ric Flair off the leash, he could have saved the whole thing. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Flair, yeah. I'm talking about bad decisions and all. Yeah. Kevin Nash. I agree with that. Of the show. If Flair is on TV, man, mm-hmm. y'all, Flair in 98. Yeah. Flair's money. Yeah. Was yeah. saying things. Yeah. You just, you just can't say today. Yeah. But he, yeah. He was gold. Yeah. There's no reason why the four horsemen, which I love that first, first off, Russell Blotch, if you're watching, don't mm-hmm. kill Mongo McMichael every Monday. <laughs> and he deserves it. Every I mean, Monday. some of the it. stuff I don't even remember. I didn't even mm-hmm. remember him being that bad of a worker. Oh, he's but hard. now they have oh. shifted my mind to think he's just the worst worker of they, all time. They kill Mongo, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like, where do y'all find these things at? But there's no reason why. What, what, what could have saved WCW is the NWO should have took some L's in some moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. think those guys took it personal. Sure. Like they, they did. NWO was their thing. They were, like, living it, like how Ric Flair is mm-hmm. really leading over Ric Flair. That's not his real name, but yeah, that's his real name now. You know, that yeah. Ultimate Warrior wasn't his real name, but he made it his real. I think Hall, Nash, those guys, that NWO thing was, like, their yeah. fraternity they took mm-hmm. seriously yeah i agree yep. 
I agree. And now when Hogan comes out, I don't want to hear I'm a real American. Yeah, which we won't hear anymore, which is just kind of crazy. So those are our thoughts, guys, on the fall and the rise of WCW. Of course, we want to hear what you have to say. Hogan should come out and apologize to the Hurt Business. Hogan just had a birthday. He's not apologizing to anybody. He's 67. He's at that age now where we don't apologize. That's just, yeah, yeah, it's it's over. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. So uh, I definitely love that you guys have hung out with us today, and I hope you've uh, gained something from this discussion. And I definitely want to get your thoughts as well. You have all sorts of ways to reach out to us. For those who are watching, certainly you can leave your comments there. For those who are listening, you can reach out to us by way of social media. Here's how you do that. Courtney. At I am Courtney Beard on Instagram, Courtney Beard on Facebook. Let's talk. Spill it. He blocked you. <laughs> Clack. <laughs> Brandon J. Clack on all the social media platforms and my hand before God. I did not block Josh. G A W D God. Oh, oh my God. G A W D. And of course, you could reach me at Bonnerfied. Collectively, you can reach us at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here again. You can stay connected to us and watch all of our facebook stuff here on facebook.com slash the faction show and uh we'll be back next time with another great topic to discuss until then it's your man gb representing for my brothers brandon clack courtney beard collectively we're known as the faction I my people. Here we go.